It's time for the Raging Cajun Army. The only place where it's all Cajuns all the time. Kick is on its way, and the kick is good! Cajuns win! 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 A 50-yard field goal! And time expires by Brent Bear in Louisiana! And now, here's your host, Matt Miguez. to another episode of the Raging Cajun Army. I am Matt Miguez and Jerry Bear sitting here with me. And Jerry, you know, after first game of the year on Saturday, what would you, obviously, you know, 38-28, to 28, um, we were defeated by, by Mississippi State. You know, I kind of just want to dive right on into it. What would, what, what was your biggest takeaway from not only our performance, but you know, Mississippi State's performance and really the game as a whole? Uh, well, first of all, Matt, thanks for having me on. I really, I told my dad whenever Mississippi State went up 38-28 when they kicked that field goal with about a minute to go, um, obviously I was disappointed that, you know, they went up two scores because, I mean, that gave us a really small chance to have any shot of coming back. But I looked at my dad, I looked at my wife, and, and I told them both, I was like, you know, I, I don't know if I can really be that upset. Um, I said before, and I said this a few episodes ago, sitting right here, I would have been happy with something like 38-21 or just a respectable game to where the Cajuns showed up to play. And not only was the game closer, not only did they cover the spread, but, man, you take away those four turnovers, the Cajuns have a, a legitimate shot to win the game. Yep. They left. I, I thought they left close to four, 10 to 14 points off the board, you know, between the Regus fumble on the 10-yard line and that fourth and one call. So, I, <laughs> I mean... You know, I know people are upset. I understand a lot of our fans are upset because we could have won the game. And, and I'm not all about moral victories. But I'm also very optimistic because I think this team has come a long way since last year. I've noticed that there's a – I mean, they were down 35-14 in the fourth quarter. What most most other Cajun teams that we're used to probably would have given would have up – laid down and given up. They probably would have given up two more touchdowns after yep. that. It would have been a 49-14 game before, it's, it would, before it was all said and done. But they didn't. And they came back and – I mean, that included a 99-yard touchdown drive in the middle of that small little comeback. So it goes to show you this team is resilient. They don't quit. They're mentally tough. And that's one thing uh, Billy Napier said after the game is that he loves the mental toughness on this team, and it shows. And I think, you know, moving forward, playing teams that aren't Mississippi State, that's going to go a long way for these guys. And, and I think this is 
this is set up to be a, a really exciting season. I'm actually more optimistic now than I was last week, believe it or not. As even though we lost, and even though we could have won the game, I'm very optimistic if if they correct the small mistakes that they made the other day. Because there's, there's nothing that I see from what I saw the other day that said, oh my gosh, this team's in trouble. Right. You know, like, you know, there was... I mean, look, we're Cajun fans, okay? We've seen some bad football. Oh, they were, oh yeah. <laughs> and there's some years where the first two games you're looking and you're like, well, we're screwed. The, the most recent bad football I can remember seeing, you know, besides that Coastal Carolina disaster last year. Right. Um, I, I like to look back at the 2016 New Orleans Bowl. Yeah. Against Southern Mississippi. I mean, yeah, we only lost by, I think it was a touchdown. Or was it two touchdowns? I don't remember. It was either 7 or 14. But... We looked terrible in that game, start to finish. I, I kind of hate to say it, but the 2017 season, the first game against Southeastern, yes, it was a win, but that didn't it mean It shouldn't I, have been that close. But it doesn't mean I wasn't concerned no, after absolutely. the game. Like, how did we let this team score 48 points on us? Absolutely. You know? and so that was one of those times where I'm like, okay, this is, this is concerning. I don't really have that mindset after this past no, Saturday. Not at all. Um, I'm, like I said, I looked at it, and I'm like, wow, this team's really competitive. We got a bunch, we got we got some guys on this team that are that are fighters, man, and that's what you want. That's what you want now. And and, and on top of that, have you noticed our offensive line, like how big they are? Remember in the past how small we used to be on the old line? Yep. They've got some size, man. Yeah, they push they push that boys. defensive they're line. Strong around. boys too. Oh, I love it. I mean, if you could do that against an SEC defense, man, yep. just wait until just we start wait what playing. you're gonna do against again when you get in the conference. Yeah, in the yeah. conference. So I'm very I'm I'm. I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, again, it was it's a loss, but I'm feeling good about what it, this it's team a, is it, capable of. It's a positive of. loss. If there, it's if only going to get better. As, I don't if see, there's such thing as one. I think it's only going to get better. Absolutely. And you know, um, real, real quick before we dive into the scoring summary, I'm just glad we're not play, playing Georgia State this year. <laughs> well, could you imagine what the Tennessee fans cool. must be going through right now? Think of it this way: Georgia State is yet to beat Louisiana a single time. In their history. Now, granted, they've only been around since 2010. But they, can, but they can walk into Rocky Top and, and get it done. And put up 38 points on top of Convincingly that. Convincingly put up 38 points. Look, Tennessee, it, it should have been, well, what, 38-23? I mean, Tennessee like that, scored yeah. on the last drive with like um, maybe less than a minute less to than, go. Yeah. It could have been a two-touchdown game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I mean, Tennessee could not move the ball on Georgia State in the second half. And uh, I can only imagine what, what Coach Jeremy Pruitt is is thinking right now with the fact that his team just lost to a, not only a, a Sunbelt team but a Sunbelt team that just started their program less than 10 years ago. That that leash just got real short. All right, we're going to dive into the scoring summary from Louisiana and Mississippi State. So Mississippi State was given the ball first and man that first drive Mississippi State just in in no better way to put it. They punched us in th- they punched us in the mouth. What other way to say it than when you watch a, a normal UL game against a P5 yeah. and that they, happens? They, well, what's your first train of thought? Oh, God, here we go. They punched us in the mouth. With what, five plays, six, six plays? Six plays, 74 yards, only took 233 off the clock, and Osiris Mitchell catches a 31-yard pass from first-time starter Tommy Stevens. And it was a blown covered. Uh, it was blown covered, oh, too. I was, I was yeah. watching, I was watching uh, I don't remember who did it, but I was watching a film study on the game and he he perfectly put it, it was a great designed play the the corner on the far side was basically trapped into 
you know, pick your poison, basically. He was either stuck on the hitch route that probably would have gained 15 yards had he had he picked that one, or had he left that one open, or he could go over the top and hang with Osiris Mitchell. He chose to cover the hitch route. Tommy Stevens lobs it over the top. The safety roving in the middle couldn't get there in time, and it was just, I mean, it, it was a beautifully designed play by, by Joe Moorhead and his staff. Um, so Mississippi State, obviously, they jumped out to that quick 7 nothing lead. Um, our first play on offense wow. was, you know, a, a dandy. Um, that was our first turnover of the game. Levi Lewis rolls out and throws a, a quick interception. But the defense stood up there. Um, I actually think that they forced a turnover right back on that next possession. Well, Michael Jacquet came from yeah, the that strip side. sack. Yeah, and, uh, he, 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 he put a... He put a licking on Tommy Stevens, and, and as Tommy Stevens was throwing the ball, you know the ball came free, and we were able to recover it. And big play, big time yeah, play. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, I was happy for Mike, and you know nine minutes later after that touchdown, Elijah Mitchell punched it in from three yards out to cap off a three-play, fifteen-yard drive. So you know the game's tied at seven late in the first quarter. Um, obviously, there was a couple gifts that we were given by Mississippi State that we couldn't quite capitalize on. Sure, the missed field goal, the strip sack. You know, whatever it may be, but you know, at the end of the first quarter, it being seven-seven, you're feeling pretty confident if you're if you're Louisiana. Of course, I mean, look, towards the end of the first quarter, it's seven-seven when that game could have easily gotten out of reach early on by the way Mississippi State moved the ball on that first drive. So, I mean, look, it, it's tied seven-seven. You've got in the top of that, the Cajuns had a few good productive offensive drives. By that time, I'm looking, I'm like, man, we're we're moving the football on them. And we're, we're and we're doing it through a ground and pound, you know, yep. with the three-headed monster. Who, by the way, I thought all three had had great had games. excellent games, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, end of the first quarter, seven to seven, we dive into the second, and pretty early on into the second quarter, um, there was nine eighteen left on the clock when Nick Gibson ran it in from eight yards out for Mississippi State to cap off that five-play forty-two-yard drive. Um, so fourteen-seven Mississippi State lead. And then, you know, the Cajuns methodically moved it down the field, um, about a five-minute drive, 10 plays, 69 yards, and just what a beautiful play call by Billy Napier, Rob Sale, hell, even Levi Lewis. He, he It was that zone read to, I want to say it was Elijah Mitchell, and he kind of rolled out, and Ralston came running across the field. And he threw that little dump pass to Ralston, and Ralston turned, and he had nothing but daylight in front of him, ran it in from 11 yards out. Well, let's rewind just a second. Uh, just about a play or two before that, I have to call out, and even a few state fans were upset about this, the NCAA oh, the, needs to make a the, rule. Yeah. If Look, if you can't keep up, if you cannot keep up with, a, with an up-tempo offense— and you have to fake an injury. To slow the game down? Come on, man. And, and yeah. you know, I, I was, I mean, look, I don't know about you, but I was screaming Oh yeah. in the stands. I was so furious. And what made it crazy was, and I'm not trying to downplay the Cajuns by any stretch, but for an SEC team that has a reputation for having a good defense, for them to fake an injury against us, I mean, what's going to happen when they play Alabama? What's going to happen when they play, you know, SEC teams and they can't keep up with their tempo? They're going to they're going to fall down every play? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, totally agree with you. Again, I'm not trying to downplay what we what the Cajuns, but how on earth? I mean, you fake an injury. Wait, he had the audacity 
to try to go in the next play. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the ref had to the, blow the, ref, the, the ref had to blow the play so dead and like, was like, ah, uh-uh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> right. I could not believe that. Yeah, the, I, I agree with you. There definitely needs to be oh, a rule man. of some kind. Oh. Um, yeah. That, that but was, we scored on the drive. Yeah. So I was happy. And, and how about, and look, Nick Ralston, man, is sort of his coming out party. What but a, we already knew he was good. What a what a stud, man. He can play. He's like he's almost like the Taysom Hill of, he's, of the season. He is Taysom Hill. Fullback, uh, let, let, let's, put, let's put him in the Wildcat. Maybe put I him mean, in the Wildcat. Let's yeah. see what he can do. Taysom Hill. Uh, uh, you know, it's like the, it's great. It's great. So, you know, after after that drive, Mississippi State comes with their own methodical drive. 11 plays, 82 yards. Right here before the end of the half. They scored with 30 seconds left on the clock. And this was that read option by, by Tommy Stevens. And, again, another just excellent play. I loved – I mean, I, I, I hate to compliment the opposition that beat us, but I loved the way that Mississippi State – ran those delayed handoffs and kind of let the play develop before, you know, you either give it to the running back or take it yourself. And that's exactly what Tommy Stevens did. He let Kylan Hill kind of drag the defense over, and then he just kept it himself and basically walked into the end zone. Well, look, Kylan Hill, first of all, I mean, if you saw what he did against the Cajun defense Saturday, look, this isn't a one-time thing for him. I mean, he's going to do this quite a bit. Oh, he's doing it on Sundays. And he will be an NFL player. Um, I, I noticed, I believe he played in that uh, All-American, the, the Army, Army All-American, All-American game. Yep. I mean, when you, get, when you get called to play in that game, that just tells you the type of talent you have and the respect that the college, the college coaches have for you for him to be able to play at a school like Mississippi State. I honestly think if he continues to do what he's doing with the offensive line that Mississippi State has, he might be an All-ICC running back before it's all said and done. So the Cajun fans, don't panic because of what, what he did. This is not a first-time this is not a one-time event. He's going if as long as he stays healthy, he will do this quite often this season against, you know, bigger bigger teams. Yeah, absolutely. And so you know, we go into halftime 21 to 14 Mississippi State again. If you're Louisiana, feeling good. You're down 7. Yeah. Getting the ball to start the second half. The confidence is still there. You're you're 100% Still in this football game. Well, I was in the bathroom telling fans we should be winning this game right now. What the no, heck's going yeah, on? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, so you know, like like I said, you get the ball to start the second half, and you know, I got nervous at the beginning of the third quarter because I really thought that that drive, that first drive that we had the ball, was where we really shot ourselves in the foot. You think? <laughs> um, and you know, I'm talking about the 15 yard personal foul. Yeah. On, on Robert Hunt. On a first down, too. Rob, if you're listening, down. I'm sorry to, to, to call you out like this. But whether they called the penalty on the shove or him yelling at the ref or whatever whatever they called it on, that is something that just can't happen. Well, it's the first game. I think the the, the beauty of it is I think, they're, look, Coach Napier and his coaching staff and all the players, they're going to review the film. And he's going to look at that and go, man, I can't, maybe I shouldn't do that again. Yeah. And next time, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah, so that, that was you the drive that, that really shot UL in the foot. I think I think that was really, although we had chances late in the game to come back and win it, I really, looking back at it now, I think that was the drive that might have sealed our chances. I don't know, man. I think there were a few other opportunities that we, that we could have had that didn't quite 
come to fruition. I find that I find if there's anything um, on that particular drive, I think what hurt was it was the fact that it was what first and twenty five. No, first and twenty, and then he had a five yard penalty for right. like false, false start. start. Yep. You can't you can't make bonehead penalties. I call them bonehead penalties because they're careless penalties. And you know against any team, regardless of it's Mississippi yeah. State or or, or McNeese, whoever, it just can't you, happen. You can't do that. Yeah, and so you know, uh, obviously with the with the first and twenty five, that drive ended up going nowhere. Um, we were forced to punt. Mississippi State again, methodical nine plays, sixty five yards. Kylan Hill running it in from five yards out makes it a two touchdown game. Um, and that was actually the only scoring in the third quarter. So we end the third at twenty eight to fourteen again. Still a little nervous, but the Cajuns are still in the game. Yes. Um, the third quarter ended on that great punt return by Mississippi State. Gave them the short field. Um, A line drive, what, what did he? What, what, did, what did he have the ball at? The, the 12? The 13? Something like that. It was the first play. He threw it up in the air in the corner. Yep. And touchdown. the opening, or actually that, I'm sorry, that punt return opened the fourth quarter because with 13.07 left in the fourth was that one play 12-yard drive that took only seven seconds. Yeah. Tommy Stevens with the 12-yard touchdown pass to Austin Williams make it a 35-14 to game. And, you know, that was the moment where I said, well, you know, well, we tried. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much, I got one word that comes to mind when they scored. I'm looking up at the Jumbotron at the score, and my first thing was, crap. Yep. Crap, <laughs> man. I, I, I looked at, oh. I, I, and, and I call her my lovely girlfriend because... She puts up with me and yes, you know my my yelling matches with myself and whatever it may be during the game. I looked at her and I said, "Well, we tried." Yeah. And but you know, Billy Napier and company said not so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here comes the here comes the Cajuns army in a in a methodical drive as well. Nine plays, sixty nine yards, and Levi Lewis with that with that little scamper. Um, it says that it was only a one-yard touchdown run, but with how much he moved around on that run, I mean, you could say it was a ten-yard run if you're if you're I, trying to figure I, out. I where feel he like was. He, I feel like he ran about twenty. Well, what's crazy was I think the Cajuns had first and goal from like the three or the two, and Mississippi State had some good stands. And yeah. what's crazy was, or it's actually kind of funny when you think about it, it's third down and goal from the one. And the Mississippi State defense is getting their crowd fired up, and their crowd is loud. And oh man, we got to make a big stop. And then Levi just rolls out on. It was supposed to be a play action pass, like a rollout pass, and he and just improvises. There was no, there was two, no receiver open. He makes these two juke moves, these two uh, juke moves, and just walks into the end zone. I'm just like, wow! Oh yep. my gosh, that was beautiful. And, and, and I love how he, he, for for reasons unknown, I did find out that his mom could not be in attendance. Okay. On Saturday, so if you were wondering who he was waving at in the TV camera. It was his mom. That's awesome. Um, so That's awesome. Classy move by Levi. Um, again, you know, 35-21 with about nine and a half minutes left in the game. So a little bit of life for the Cajuns. The defense makes a stand. Um, a terrible punt that takes a, a bounce from the heavens is the only way that I can I can say it. Um, the ball ends up at the one. Mm-hmm. And so Second time in the game. The Cajuns, you know, trot out on the field with 99 yards to go. Usually that's not very promising for the offense. But the Cajuns said, 
hold my beer, watch what we can do. And they did. 14 plays, 99 yards. Trey Regis ran it in from 17 yards out. Makes it a 35-28 to 28 game. And now, you know, sitting there with 245 left in the game. Holy crap, could we do this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know people are debating whether or not it was right to do the onside kick or do the long kick and push him back. I, look, it's here nor there. I'll, I'll, I'll say I this. I would have preferred a long kick because you hold, you give them bad field position, you maybe get a three and out, and then on top of that, you know, you even though they run some clock, you have an opportunity to get the ball back, keep them out of field goal range if they were to be, if they would have been forced to punt. I'll say this: having all three timeouts, I would have kicked it deep. Yeah. Had you had less than three, maybe if you only had two, mm. I could see the onside kick a little more. Now, don't get me wrong. I see the idea of the onside kick, and I don't necessarily disagree with the idea. But I just feel like in the scenario, having all three of your timeouts, the defense having played pretty well throughout the fourth quarter, I think you would have been better off pinning it deep, getting a stop, getting the ball back maybe with no timeouts, but getting the ball back with maybe a minute and a half, maybe even a minute left. At least you have a shot. And, you know, yeah. running running a two-minute offense down the sidelines. Sure. And see what see what you can do. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, it's just it's it's one of those hits here nor there. Yep. You know, I mean, I mean now you look back, well, we're, we could have done this. We we're not getting paid 800 grand to run the team. Exactly. So, I mean. I'm, we're just fans. Right. Uh, so, I, what I would have, I would have liked to kick it along again, but. You know, they, and you I know, guess I, the special teams uh, must have. They, the guys on the special teams must have thought, "Hey, coach, we can get the ball." I, I will. So. I will say this on on the part of of Kenneth Amandaris. I don't. I don't think that was a terrible onside kick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just it didn't. It, it was a good kick. Um, a lot of people would disagree with me. It was a good kick. It just didn't take the bounce at the right time. Correct. Um, which which ended up poorly. You know, the ball ended up sailing out of bounds, and um. Mississippi State got the ball. I believe it was at the forty. I want to say is where, uh, is where they got around it. there. Yeah. Um. Took took six plays, twenty three yards, drained a minute and forty five off the clock, nailed a thirty seven yard field goal with a minute and two seconds left on the clock, make it a ten point game, and you know from there the Cajuns were all but done. Yeah, and I mean um, what's crazy is they still made an effort to try to score. Yeah. Um. And I mean. You know, it, it, they were able to get at least in scoring position, but obviously the time time ran short. The time no, ran out, time, or the clock was not kind of came up short. But great effort, great effort by the Cajuns the other day. I mean, I, one thing that was pretty cool was after the game, all of the fans, the Cajun fans who were there, stayed and gave them a standing ovation for the effort. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think it's a it's this is a very different Louisiana team than we've seen the past few years just by this game. Now, I don't want to judge this one game to just say, well, we're going to run the table. But if they continue to improve, they continue to fix the small mistakes, they continue to, to, be, to gel even more, because they will gel as the season goes on, this team is set up to be a contender in the conference. And yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very optimistic I, I stick, about I stick about by my preseason team. prediction that I, think, I still think the Cajuns win the Sun Belt. I said before the season they could be a seven or eight win team, barring injuries if they stay healthy. I'm moving it up to eight or nine. Yep, I really believe that. I I I will stand by my. Not only do they win the Sun Belt West, I think they win the whole conference. 
If they stay healthy. Yep. If they stay I think, healthy. I think, they, I think this team is capable of winning the whole conference. And, you know, we, we look at the, the box score. Levi went 24-39, 267 yards, one touchdown. Obviously, he had that one interception early on. Um, he was only sacked one time. He, had, he has wings on his feet. <laughs> he was only sacked one time. Um, Look, I'll say this about Levi. I know that they were there's back and forth between the fans on what Levi can and can't do. I'll tell you, I'll be just dead honest with you. From what I saw from Levi the past two years, my mindset was okay. He can only do so much, right? Um, his first year, he would. I mean, he was running all around in circles, couldn't really get his feet set make to make throws. Last year, he threw a lot of screen passes, a lot of short routes and whatnot, but. One thing that I can admire about him, one thing I do respect about him is, you know, everybody kept saying he has this this attitude about him, this positive attitude. He just, he's like a general. And you saw it the other day. Uh, he definitely has that aura about him that the players want to play for him. Um, in my personal opinion, I, I kind of hope as the season goes on, if he's, if look, if they, if Coach Napier says they plan on keeping him as the first string quarterback and let him do his thing, I'm all about, trying to base the offense more around him than what we have now. Yep. Um, you know, I, from what I see with his, what I saw with his feet, with those three running backs, man, could you imagine what a zone read would look like and how dangerous it would be? And, you know, it's funny you talk about his feet. Did, did you see his rushing line? No, I didn't. Six carries, negative 10 yards. Really? And I'm going to tell you why. That one sack that he had mm-hmm. was a loss of 17. Oh, wow. It was a loss of 17, and that counts as a rush, technically. Hmm. Um, he did, on his other five carries, he did gain 18 yards. Mm-hmm. But with his total loss being 28 yards, it ends up at a negative. It ends up at a negative 10. When was that sack? It was early. Yeah, because I don't it was early. Okay. Yeah, it was early on. Um, his longest rush was 10 yards. He had the, the one touchdown. Um, so he averaged about negative 1.7 yards carry. Um, so not pretty, but you know you take away that one sack, not a terrible rushing line for for your quarterback. No, and and really I think you know again I think Levi's got he's got potential to do, to be great. Um, I do, I mean look I can't I can't judge him after playing against an SEC defense. I think the next two games between Liberty, Texas Southern, and actually I'll say three games because Ohio I'll, I'll include Ohio in that. We're really going to see what Levi Lewis can do. Yep. Um. I, you know, and I think he did enough to help. And look, he made look he made some bonehead mistakes. Okay, that pass, the, I call it the Aaron Brooks throw he made, where the ball slipped out of his hands and <laughs> he fumbled. And yep. you know, because Mississippi State scored on that drive. Yeah, they did. I was a little upset about that. Uh, but for the most part, he he eluded some sacks. He created plays with his feet. Um, he was able to improvise. I, I did say before the game, I would kind of like to see what he can do in the pocket. Yep. Step, up, step up and make some throws in the pocket. Um, but, again, I'm not the coach. So, whatever they can do to, to, to help us move the ball down the field, I think I think Levi's one of those guys, he, he's, he's a yes sir kind of guy. Yep. You know, he's going to listen to he's the gonna coach. He's going to do what's got to be done. He's going to do what's got to be done. And, and he, he showed that the other day. And the players, look, I, the players have that vibe. They, they love to play around him and they love to play for him. So, um, I think if people are really still kind of doubtful about Levi, I will say this: give. Let's see what happens these next three games. Because look, not every team is Mississippi State that's on this schedule. Yes, you might play Troy. Yes, we might play App State. You might go on the road to Arkansas State, but they're not Mississippi State. So I say Liberty, Texas Southern, 
in Ohio. Let's try to gauge there. Now let me ask you this: Where we can obviously, Levi you know, is. Levi Levi is the guy, of course. But like you said, let's give him these three games. Say after those three games, he's not, you know, maybe he's not the guy. Sure. Do you do you incorporate Jave in those three games to kind of you know not only get him prepared, but to maybe see what he can do? I hate to say this, and I don't like to make crazy predictions like this, and I don't want to jinx it, knock on wood, but like Texas Southern, for example. Now, Texas Southern got spanked by Prairie View the other night, okay? So I'm assuming that going into that game... Texas Southern is probably the game to do it. They're Exactly. They're going to be one of those teams coming in that if the Cajuns can pull away early enough, I'm all for playing Magali. I'm all for maybe... You know, who, who, I mean, who who else would be would be dressed out? I would Chandler say Fields. Chandler Fields. Is he's not uh, red, is he redshirted this no. year? He's not okay. So he was, he was in pads on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that would be the game where I would give the quarterback some reps to see what they can do. McDowell. Um, yeah, I'd give him reps. And so, um, if Levi is not the guy, if he's not getting it done, I think Coach Napier would do everything he can to make sure he is the guy and he can be consistent. Um, but. I would like to see some other quarterbacks get some snaps, not because of, you know, who's going to start and whatnot, but, you know, I mean, I'd like to see it, you know, especially um, during, like I said, during a Texas State game where if the Cajuns are up by 50 points, first of all, I wouldn't want to risk Levi getting hurt, and secondly, it would be nice to see some other quarterbacks take some snaps and see what they can do, because look, they are the future. I mean, Levi's yep. a junior. After next year, he's gone. You got you got all these... I mean, Coach Napier brought in, what, four or five quarterbacks this offseason. So I'd kind of like to see what they can do as well and let get, let them get their feet wet as yep, well. absolutely. But right now, I mean, from what I saw, I, I, like I said, I'll get, I, I think Levi can really, really improve in these next three three games. I'd love to see what he can do. He is the guy right now. And, um, I'm look, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all in. So, I, and Napier I trust in this particular right, scenario. Absolutely. And here's the thing, and the reason why – and look, I know I'm a, we can go on about this. I guess the big topic of quarterback is that I don't think we've seen a consistent quarterback in a long time. Uh, when I say that, I mean, you know, a Terrence Broadway, right. a Blaine Goche. Um, you know, I think Andre Nunez did okay last year, but I think there was a little bit yeah. of a missing link. Um, Most definitely. So, you know, now that Coach Napier's brought in all of these quarterbacks, and now he's got Levi to do his thing, you've got a lot. There's a lot. Look, that depth chart. Has a lot of potential to be great. Yep, absolutely. So, and you know, we'll look at the rushing numbers now. Raymond Kale, I call him Ray Ray. Eight carries, eighty yards. He was the leading rusher he's got for the speed, Cajuns. Man, he's so fast. Um, Trey Regis being being the bruiser, nine carries, sixty three yards, and a touchdown. Obviously, his longest rush was that seventeen yard touchdown run that he had. Um, and then Elijah Mitchell, fourteen carries, thirty one yards. Feel like he had more yards than that, but you know, <laughs> yeah, um, he had one touchdown as well. So you know, I, I think overall from the three-headed monster, I think it was a solid performance from each of them. Yeah, um, I'd like to see a little more out of Elijah Mitchell, um, but as, as like I said, as a whole, you know, combining for 174 yards and two touchdowns. I think the three-headed monster did did fairly well on Saturday. Well, the beauty of the three-headed monster is that when you're playing defenses, and especially in the conference, you're going to wear defenses down. Yeah. Because you, you're going to sub in. I mean, could you imagine? I feel bad for well, – actually, no, I don't feel bad about these coaches having to look at film on them. But, I mean, they're going to be – some of these coaches are going to be up all night going, how the heck are we going to stop these guys? Yep. And then you add in, you know, you add in Bell and Bradley at receiver and what they've done. And how about how about my partner Peter LeBlanc getting some touches the other day, huh? 
Mm-hmm. I was sitting behind the LeBlanc and the Domangs, and they were right right on the road in front of us, and they were so excited. Peter caught a little little screen pass, and he didn't get much on the play, but hey, he did get a face mask penalty. Yeah, he got he got a face mask penalty, but he got the you know he, he was able to get in the game and play, and I'm um, so happy for Peter, um, and you know they're family friends of ours, and he's going to be great too. I mean, yeah. as a true freshman to come in and your first game is against Mississippi State, and to get a few touches on the ball. You know, it just shows you the kind of trust Coach Napier has in him. But I thought the receiving core did a great job as well. Yeah. Um, um, speaking speaking of Peter LeBlanc, you know, two catches, five yards. Um, obviously, the numbers aren't you know pretty, mm-hmm. but like you said, you know, to get some touches, um, get that get that penalty. Oh, got in the that game. Really, that really really swung some things. Yeah. Um, but man, how about Jamal Bell? It was sort of like his coming out party. Eight catches, one hundred and thirteen yards. I mean, I know that they're ruling. Those little flicks yeah. as a reception. I don't know if I buy that, but <laughs> you know what? Whatever you want to do. What? Um, and then you know, Jamarcus Bradley. He he obviously wants to you know stick that stick that middle finger to Mississippi State. Um, he a had lot, a career day. A, a lot a lot of people don't know the story. Jamarcus grew up ten minutes from Mississippi State's campus, and he was never recruited by the Bulldogs. Wow. So he, I, I know last year when they went to Starkville, he really wanted to to kind of show them what they missed out on. He scored a touchdown against them. He, last year. he did late yeah. in the game. He did score a touchdown. But man, on Saturday, six catches, ninety three yards. Um, he didn't have a touchdown, but you know those, those numbers are, oh. are pretty convincing. He, he extended had a, drives. He had an influential part in that yeah. game. Uh, Trey Regis catching one out of the backfield for nineteen yards. Kale three catches for fifteen yards. Nick Ralston having that one 11-yard touchdown catch. Brian Smith Jr. got into the action a little bit, the the junior college transfer. He had one catch for seven yards. He's a speedster, man. Yeah. He, he's he's, he, he's going to be I, – I, th- I think the best way to use him is going to be in the slot. Mm-hmm. Um, kind Absolutely. Of, kind, of, kind of those quick slants, um, quick outs, you know, whatever you want to say. Elijah Mitchell getting two receptions as well for four yards. Um, his longest catch was seven, but – on that second one, he was dropped from the backfield for a loss of three. So, you know, that, that kind of happens. But, man, I hate to say it. Player of the game was Kylan Hill. Hmm. Yeah. I Player mean, of the game was Kylan Hill. Yeah, 20, was, 27 carries, 197 yeah, yards. yards. Yeah. He had that touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the kids just... You can't deny it, man. He, he's, he's just playing on Sundays. The kid's just this unreal. isn't the only. I'm telling you, man. This isn't the only game that he's going to have these type of stats. Now let me ask you, what did you think of Tommy Stevens? Quickly, I thought he was impressive. I think he's very calm. Uh, he's got a great pocket presence about him. I mean, he's he's a he's a good pocket passer, really. I mean, he's he's got a strong arm. Uh, I think you know, being that it was his first start, I think that he's going to improve on his passing game. And he's gonna win some games with his with his arm, and and he looks he just looks like a an SEC quarterback. He's built like one. He throws like one. He just has that presence about him. I think he's gonna do a great job over there. Um, and honestly, I, I kind of had the chance to look over to the Mississippi State message boards and kind of see what their fans thought about him. They love him. They love the fact that he's very poised. Um, and also too, you know what I noticed about the Mississippi State faithful that I saw on message boards? They were. You know, most uh, there's other SEC schools out there. Not going to name any specifically, but if it was third, if they play, if a, another SEC school played the Cajuns 38-28, well, how do you think other some other these certain schools would react? Oh, they would be very upset. They'd be very upset. 
I went over to the Mississippi State board and, and saw what their fans thought, and they were happy to get the win. Yeah, they were absolutely. very happy to get the win. They said, you know, there's some things we need to fix. They said, like, and and it was a common denominator about the defense. Man, how did we give up so many touchdowns to to Louisiana? And we our defense needs to get better to prepare for better competition or SEC competition, if you will. And so, I think that they were very satisfied to get the win. Some of some people even said, man, I predicted six or seven wins before the season, but after the what I saw, I'm predicting eight wins. And yep. I'm like, wow. That, but do you know what that is? That's complimentary to the Cajuns. Because when they can say something like that, an SEC fan base could say something like, I'm happy to get a win, and I think we're only going to be a better team, especially after the fight that the Cajuns put up. That's a compliment to Billy Napier and his team for the type of quality team that they have. And you know what else they said? And, of course, a lot of them said ULL. They ULL'd us, which is fine. But they said, man, ULL is a team to reckon with, and they should win yep. their conference. I I'll, mean, they uh, were complimenting the Cajuns a lot. I was very surprised. I went to uh, the good old Chick-fil-A post-game. Chick-fil-A, yeah. Post-game. And uh, I went I went to the one down on uh, down on Veterans Boulevard in Metairie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ran into a Mississippi State fan. And we talked about the game for a few minutes. And, you know, the one thing the one thing he told me, he said, man, you know, not only did you make me nervous, he said, y'all are going to be a good team. Yeah. He, he, said, he said, no doubt – he said, y'all are going to be a dominant force in the Sunbelt Conference. That's the vibe I've, I've got from a lot of the state fans. And, and I remember some lady, we were walking out of the Dome, going back to the car, and some lady stopped a Cajun fan next to us and said, man, we couldn't stop y'all's quarterback. Man, your quarterback has some crazy feet, you know. And <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't stop complimenting us. And, I, you know, that, that, that feels good. You know, that feels good when you have an SEC fan base that will come yeah. up to you and say, man, y'all are, Absolutely. Y'all are good. And that's again, it's a compliment to what Coach Napier's built here in his short time that he's he's been in Lafayette. So, I mean, if again as a Cajun fan, I mean, I can't stop saying it, but I'm optimistic. If if football doesn't work out for Levi, maybe he should try Dancing with the Stars. He's got the feet for it uh, because he's got the feet. For he's it, got the man. feet. He's got the rhythm. Yeah, I mean, you just need the pretty girl on his arm. And, there you go. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll we'll break down some post game notes from the UL Mississippi State game, and then we'll. Do a short preview on Liberty. Stay tuned and we'll be right back on the Rage of Cajun Army. The Rage of Cajun Army podcast is brought to you each and every week by Nick Selfo State Farm, conveniently located across from the Petroleum Club at 200 Hyman Boulevard here in Lafayette. Call Nick and his staff for all your insurance needs, whether it be home, auto, life, or health. 337-981-6638. And we're back here on the Rage of Cajun Army. Matt Miguez, Jerry Bear breaking down post-game notes from Louisiana and Mississippi State. Obviously, you know, 38-28 defeat in the Superdome. Louisiana drops to 15-34 and in season openers. Um, they move to an official 2-3 and in games played in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Mm. They move to 0-45 all-time against SEC teams. One of these days, one of these days, man. I think it's coming next year, but, you know, we'll get into that later. <laughs> Most points scored against a Power 5 since Kentucky mm-hmm. in, in September 2015. God, that game still keeps me up at night. Most yards against a Power 5 opponent since November of 2017 against Ole Miss. Um, you know, obviously, those numbers aren't very, you know, appealing. Right. But... You know, between the lines, look at the big picture. You know, there obviously there was a lot of potential from that game on um, 
on Saturday. And Jerry, I see you looking at Rage and Page, and we're going to get to that question. I will not forget to answer it. I was about to say, I was thinking I about will it. not forget. Individual game notes. Levi Lewis made his fourth career start. It was his first start since November 2017 against Georgia Southern. I'm trying to forget about that game. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> it was his first game with both a passing and rushing touchdown in his career. Wow. He set a career high in passing yards with 267 and completions with 24. Hmm. Jamarcus Bradley now owns a 28-game reception streak. And it was his 15th career game with 50 or more receiving yards. Elijah Mitchell scored his 22nd touchdown in Vermillion and White. Stevie Arteague scored his first point since that November 25th game against Georgia Southern. Welcome back, Stevie. And with his four points in the game on Saturday, he is now eight points away from being eighth all-time in Louisiana scoring. Wow. Michael Jaquette the third. Recorded his first career sack and first career fourth fumble. All in one. <laughs> Nick Ralston recorded his first receiving touchdown since November 10th of last season against UCLA when he played for Arizona State. Man, so he's scoring all, t- all of his touchdowns against P5 schools. <laughs> he played for a P5 school. Save some so, for I the mean, G5, man. We need Jamal some. Bell set a career high in receiving yards with 13, with 113, as well as a career high in receptions with 8. First time in his career, he went over 100 yards, and a third play, the third player in the last two seasons to record a 100-yard receiving game. Can you guess the other two? Mm, say that again. I'm trying to. I'm He's trying the to third think. player in the last two years to record a 100-yard receiving game. Um, I'm trying to think who else would. In the last two years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Elijah Mitchell and Bam Jackson. Uh, okay, I could have guessed Bam Jackson. Now, Jerry Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, he wow. uh, he had a 100-yard receiving game in Texas State last year. Oh, uh, okay. He had that big, like, 70-yard catch and run. Ah. Um, I mean, that's kind of cheating. But, you know, <laughs> you, you do what you got to do when you're when you're a running back in terms of reception yards. It's true. Jerry, Good you point. saw Rage of Paging Up? Yes. Uh, what was the um, the question that was submitted to us the question that was submitted to us uh in let me see actually i just had it <laughs> excuse me um there we go the question that they said submitted to us is can you expect on saturday to have uh two out of the three of the three-headed monster of the th- two out of three running backs lined up in the offensive backfield at the same time in the backfield no on the field at the same time? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. You put Raymond Colley in the slot. Mm-hmm. Sure. You put Colley in the slot. Honestly, I think two out of the three should be on the field at all times. Yeah. I don't think Raymond Colley should leave the field. It's called being a decoy. I yeah. don't think yeah. he should leave the field. Sure. Again, he can just stand there for all I care. The man should break the huddle every offensive play of the game. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said... Whether we use him or he's just a decoy, they're going to have to account for him. Sure. So even if you don't give him the ball or literally he just kind of jogs around. Sure. They're going to have to put somebody on him. It's true. So that leaves, you know, another element of, you know, maybe that leaves you, maybe they put a safety on him and that leaves you one-on-one over the top. Sure. With the receivers we have, we're winning 90% of one-on-one battles. Sure. 
So I, I think it's one of those things that, yeah, I, I agree. I think he should be on the field at all times, and I think that that is something that we're we're going to see down the stretch, and I think that's something that we're going to see, especially this Saturday, against a weak defense in Liberty. Weaker defense, for sure. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously, you know, I want to open the, the Liberty preview with my with my thoughts and prayers to, to Hugh Freeze and, and his family. What he's going through right now is something that, you know, not many people know what it's mm-hmm. like to go through. Sure. And especially to continue to work is, is something that, that's, that's that, quite man. impressive. Yeah. Um. So kudos to him. And more importantly, kudos to the Louisiana administration for saying that they will accommodate him in any way. I did read this afternoon that as of right now, he has not been cleared to travel. Okay. Um. So it's still up in the air whether he will be in Lafayette on Saturday. But I know that if he can make the trip, that they that Louisiana is prepared to do anything possible to to make him comfortable and and be able to fulfill his duties to his players. Uh, last weekend, obviously, he was propped up in the Liberty press box in a hospital bed. Um, I saw pictures of his setup, and you know they had like the the triple set monitors, and he had his headset on. Man, they they had the they Look, had the whole man, nine decked out with the money that Liberty has. I'm not surprised that they were able they to pull had, that off. They, they had the whole nine. They had a whole nice setup over there, and um, I watched him give. He gave that pregame pep talk from the press box. There's a video of it on Twitter, and um, you know the players are fired up. You know just yep. to see him, just to see him give him that talk and. Obviously, they they're coming off. It was a you know, the game didn't go quite as planned uh, against Syracuse, but for him to be there was I'm sure it was very special for the team. Yeah, and for the ab- fans. absolutely. And you know, um, Saturday the the Cajuns will play the Liberty Flames. Kickoff is at six thirty, and you know we'll we'll kind of get political for you know about a minute. I don't want to go too far, but. Is it just me or is it funny that a guy who was fired from Ole Miss for hiring an escort with his university cell phone and paying for it with his university credit card, being the head coach at a Christian university? Well, I mean, I mean, I'm not judgmental, <laughs> and you know, do what you but. do what you do, but <laughs> it just doesn't add up. What What does Christianity preach? Right, forgiveness. And I think that's one thing that Liberty University felt that, hey, you know, um, I guess Coach Freeze realizes he messed up and deserves a second chance. It's kind of like what, what Coach Saban said about giving players second chances. He said, you know, you got kids that make mistakes, 18, 19-year-olds that make the wrong decision, and the media and everybody else wants to wants to give them a life sentence. He said, he's like, I'm all about giving second chances. He gave an example of uh, Moosin Muhammad, played for him at Michigan State, made some mistakes, everybody wanted him to kick you know get kicked off the team well coach Saban didn't kick him off he suspended him and you know uh, he did some community service and he did some extra work on the side that people didn't know about and he ended up being a great receiver in the NFL for over 10 years I think it was 15 years played for the Panthers played for the Bears had great careers there played in the Super Bowl and then on top of that he said he's he's a president of a company and he has seven children his oldest daughter goes to Princeton and uh, Coach Saban made a point. He's like, look, you know, this is a guy who, it's like, and he kind of pointed to the media. All of you wanted to wanted to crucify him, you know, no pun intended. They wanted to bash him and, and uh, you know, just 
condemn him, and here he is now, and he's have he he's a he's a role model in his community. Yeah. So, I say that about Coach Freeze. I, you look, I'm not going to judge him. I don't know the man, um, and I believe they gave him they gave him a second chance, and hopefully he can redeem himself. Let's hope that he's not using the Liberty credit card to do that. Jesus Christ, please no. Um, please no, Hugh. Yeah, I mean, look, this is Liberty is a one thing about Liberty. They're not only are they a private Christian school, but they have money. Believe it or not, and again, I don't want to get too political, but Ted Cruz for the 2016 presidential run, he announced his candidacy at the Liberty Arena, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. So, you know, it, it's... Yeah, they, they've got pull. They've got money. It's like um, it's basically like a Vanderbilt without being in the SEC. Right. Now, granted, they're it, It's they're the a smaller Christian version school, of Vanderbilt. But they're kind of what Vanderbilt is, the fact that they're private. They've got a lot of people that are wealthy that go there, send their, send their kids there, and... And look, Liberty, the money they've put into their football program, they just built their stadium, uh, I think a year or two ago, they've just added on to it. It's about a 26, 27,000 seat stadium. I mean, they've put a lot of money into their football program. They hired Hugh Freeze to coach there. So they, they're investing in their football program. I think in the next, I mean, look, they beat Troy last year. Yeah, they're, they're on mean, the way up for sure. They're not, and they beat Baylor, I believe, two, two years, years ago. ago. So yep. they're not a slouch. They're one of those teams that, yes, people really haven't heard of them. But at the same time, this is one of those teams, and it kind of scares me. It's in the back of my mind. I'm thinking about the Coastal Carolina game last year. I don't want this to be another Coastal game where, you know, oh, it's Coastal, and they're, they're you know, nobody knows about them. Their football team is, eh, whatever. And then sure enough, they come to Cajun Field, and they spank us. Right. <laughs> let's hope they will. Or let's hope we don't experience deja vu. But I think the, the greatest thing that could have happened going into this game was the fact that we did lose to – Coastal Carolina. So the players yeah, are going to know and the coaching staff's going to know, okay, we're not going to make this mistake again. But don't underestimate Liberty. They're not a not a bad football team. No, no, they no they're not. Kickoff is at 6:30 on Saturday from Cajun Field and god, I checked the weather report for this game. It's going to be 93 degrees at kickoff. South Louisiana at humidity, 6:30 baby. p.m. All right. Um you know, there there's a part of my body that's telling me that I just need to stay home. But I'm gonna be there. Um maybe with some with a one of those little water misting fans that <laughs> all over my face. But you know, we'll we'll make it work some way, somehow. Looking at the comparison according to ESPN.com, obviously you know the Cajun scored twenty eight points a game. Liberty after that game with Syracuse, they're averaging zero points a game. Sure. Um they give up twenty four. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you know, only one game to base those numbers off of, but um, their offense had 234 total yards, gave up 368. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know that defense is a little uh, a little sluggish, so to speak. Um, the 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 telling thing is the offense is obviously, um, according to the ESPN Pick Center, the spread is. In favor of UL by 13. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a 13-point spread. But the over-under, and, and I'd like to hear which one you're going to take, 66. Wow. 66. Jesus. Are you, are, are you taking the over or are you taking the under? I'd probably take the under on that. Would you? I don't, I mean. Would you? 28. I'll be honest with no, you. No, no, no. Because think, think about it. it. Look, look, look at the score from UL Mississippi State. Yeah. 38-28. That's 66 even. That's true. I I mean, the question is, 
How many points can Liberty score on the Cajuns' defense? I'm taking the over. Okay. I'm taking the over. Not much over. I said 35-20. I, I, my prediction is 35-21 Cajuns. So, I, I'd, that's what? That's 56 points? 56, yeah. Yeah. I mean, See, that's, I'm, why, that's I'm, why I predicted that. So I, I'm going to say... And, you know, I just had it in 45-28. Okay. That's what I'm saying. 45-28 Cajuns. Look, I'm predicting um, the Cajuns I think, I think, I think the Cajuns. I think the Cajuns offense is just going to be too much for Liberty to handle. I'll be happy I think, with the Cajuns I think that's, win. That's I think all. That's, oh, I know. <laughs> I, it can be 31-28. I'm Cajuns happy with a win. Win, man. win the yeah. game. Cajuns uh, win. No, no doubt. Kickoff is at 6.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Please don't watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Please come to Cajun Field. Okay, you know what? Time you know, for yeah, we're 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 look. we're gonna get political here. Uh, Jerry and I are not happy with attendance numbers. Obviously, you know, Saturday was an announced attendance of twenty two thousand four hundred and forty. But Jerry and I were both there, and we would be lucky to say that it was about eight thousand UL fans. And Jerry's got his face buried in his hands right now. He looks like he's ready to go on a rant. So, <laughs> take it away, Jerry. No, I'll be nice, but look. <laughs> There's a lot of people that I talk to, and look, I understand Labor Day weekend, you have plans already made, whether it's a vacation or you've got barbecues and parties and family get-togethers and stuff and whatever. I, I get that. I totally understand that. And I got, I even had some friends that had other obligations. I can respect that. But at the same time, there were also a lot of people that said, man, the 11 o'clock kickoff. Oh, it's Mississippi State. We saw what they did to us last year. I don't know if I want to go. Well, our team just literally had a good chance to win that game. All I hear out of that is played, blah, 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 blah. played their hearts out. They played their hearts out. And, look, I mean, they could have won the game, okay? The same team that beat us by 46. Should have won the game. The same team that beat us by 46 last year. Like, we could have beaten them this past Saturday. So my point is this. After what we saw this past Saturday, and I know there's some people that said, well, they didn't win the game. Look, before the game, everybody, everybody and their mom said, I hope they can keep it close. Well, they kept it close. They kept it so kept close, it damn close that they should have won the game. So my point is this. This Saturday, it's the home opener. The student section is back to where it was before. They're moving the band. They're putting the student tailgate close. They're bringing back the camaraderie that everybody wanted to, to happen at Cajun Field, right? The tailgating. Everything's coming back. Concessions are dirt concessions, cheap. Concessions made the USA Today newspaper. Dirt okay? cheap. It's the cheapest in the country. Look, show up on Saturday. Be there. Go to the game. Support the Cajuns. You, support if, this and, team. And it, you know, if, there's if, no excuse. You, I don't care how hot it is and all this other stuff. Look, if I'm okay, you know what? I'm gonna say it. LSU packed the stadium last week at Tiger Stadium against a Sun Belt school with Georgia Southern. They sold it out, and it was probably just as hot. It was just as hot. Absolutely. There's no reason why that the Cajun nation can like. There's no reason why and, there should and, not be more than twenty thousand people. And you know, I, I at, know, I know or, we're. I mean, I, I know we're. There has to be more than twenty thousand at this game. There's I know no we're. I know we're far away from being you know on LSU's level. But I, I read something else today about LSU's game on Saturday with Texas. It's the same time. Texas was given. Texas gave LSU thirty five hundred tickets. I saw that. Yeah. In Texas's upper deck. Mm-hmm. LSU had to make a phone call to Austin today to see if there was any way they could get more. Yeah. Yeah. For a six, 
sorry, actually, I'm sorry, from Baton Rouge, it's almost eight. An eight-hour road trip. They've sold out of their allotment. Oh, we knew that. I mean, we knew that. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I know that we're not on LSU's level, and let's be honest. Let, let's be real with ourselves. We probably never will. No. We never will. That's unacceptable. Sure. It, it's unacceptable. I mean, if if the the ticket prices are the problem, I mean, God, go stand outside Cajun Field. Somebody's going to be okay, giving tickets back away. Back to LSU, Texas, the cheapest tickets that are available are like $300 a pop, and people are still buying them to go to Texas. Yep. So, I mean... The Cajun game is what twenty five bucks. But but like like I said, I mean, if you get out there early enough, I'm sure somebody's got extra season tickets that they're getting rid of. Sure, sure. It's a, look, and it's a great atmosphere. It's the home opener. I mean, look, you're you're going to watch a team that took Mississippi State to the wire, and you look, you're going to watch a team that Coach Napier and his staff have really prepared to become a, a really true contender. You're watching a team that played in the conference championship last year. You're watching a team that has a lot of potential to do a lot of great things. Look, there's a lot of sports, college football sports magazines out there that have put Louisiana as a as a sleeper team. Yep. So this team has a lot of upside. They have a lot of potential. Go watch. And and I'm not and look, I'm not saying this to the diehards. To the fans that were in New Orleans, you were loud, you were great. Thank you for going. To the rest of you that are kind of have nothing else to do on a Saturday, go to the game. Yep. Go support I mean, the team, and and then and, and I'm sure those players it would it would mean a lot to them. And we got to pack this. I'll, stadium. I'll tell you, I'll tell you two excuses that I've heard that you know I, I quickly shut down. Well, uh, Dustin Poirier is fighting on Saturday. At what time? At one p.m. There you go. Irrelevant. Oh, uh, LSU plays at six thirty. It's 2019. Record it. No, dude, bring Watch your, it on your phone. Bring your phone. Like, that, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be standing on the sidelines watching it on my phone. Like, go to the game and you, you got know your why? phone. Because I'm one UL diehard that doesn't hate LSU. Well, I'm indifferent. You know that. But at the same time, it's simple. And look, I know we, I know some people are going to get tired. Why are you bringing up LSU? Because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to debate whether or not they want to go to the game this weekend because, oh my gosh, LSU. The LSU TV. game's on. Look, I mean... It, it's, yeah, I it happens it. every year, but you got to go. And, and I'm not. And look, I'm saying this because the attendance has been very fickle lately. I understand there was apathy last year and the year before. There were people that were kind of questioning whether or not the if, if the Cajun football program was going in the right direction. It's safe to say right now at this moment the Cajun football program is definitely really going in the right direction. So if you get the chance, go to the game. And you see, in in, in closing, I'll say this. You know, just because. You know, the the people that say, oh, I can't go, the LSU game is on. They're the same people that are ready for us to be big time. Sure. We can't be big time if we're constantly putting 17,000 into a 36,000 state seat stadium. Sure. It's not going to happen. 20,000 is not going to get us there. Sure. 20,000 is a start after what we had last year. If, if I saw 20,000 fans at Cajun Field on Saturday, I'd be happy. Because guess what? After Mississippi State game, if you put 20,000 seats in, if you put 20,000 fans at Cajun Field and you win handedly, like I think UL will, you know, that next weekend for Texas Southern Family Weekend, for the students, you're looking at twenty five to 28,000. Yeah. 
You win that one handedly. You go on the road to Ohio and you win that game. By the time we come back home on October, October 9th, 9th to play State. App, we yeah. could very well be selling out Cajun Field. Well, that's the point. I, I think the the beauty of this football team is that, like I said, there's a lot of upside, and they're only going to get better as the season goes on. I think this team is, I think this team is a work. They're still a work in progress. They really are, but they're a work in progress with an upward slope, with an upward Absolutely. trajectory. They're getting better. So, support the team. Go go out to the game. You have nothing else to do. Go go bring bring your kids, bring your family. Go have some fun. Go watch some good Cajun football and. Go see what the hype's about. You know, I'm look, after last week there's a lot of hype. People are people are raising their eyebrows going, "Wow, they they really playing Mississippi State close. They the team gave them a gave them a fight." Go see what it's about live. Go watch this team live because I tell you what, they're working hard for you. They're working hard for this community and these fans and we got to do our best to return the favor to them and show them support. Yeah, absolutely. And like like we said, kickoff is at 6:30. Obviously, for if you have a valid reason to not make it to Cajun Field, Kickoff is at six thirty on ESPN Plus. Um, obviously, you know any support is better than no support. Um, but if if you have nothing better to do, if you have no valid reason to not be at Cajun Field, go to Cajun Field. You know, in, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the game. It's gonna be a good one. Um, there, there's just like like we said, in in there, there's no reason, mm-hmm. there's no excuse. Um, we we need to be putting more fans in the seats. We we want to get big time. Everybody's talking about oh you know we we could jump up to the American, and I'm not I'm not in disagreement. I think we're right on the verge of being in the American Athletic Conference. But in order win. in you order to win. do that, not and only do, not only support. do we have to win, we have to get our attendance numbers up. And you gotta have fan support, correct? Um, so I I think I think that's gonna be crucial, especially this year and into next year. So please, if you can show up again, six thirty kickoff. From Cajun Field, pregame starts at 4.30 on ESPN 1420 with Steve Peliquin and Chris Gannon. I am in talks with ESPN 1420 color analyst Chris Lano about doing another pregame segment with him before before Saturday's contest. Um, as soon as I find out more official information, I will post that onto the Twitter and Facebook page, as well as Rage and Pajan and... If you haven't read my articles from Louisiana Gridiron Football or 24-7 Sports, those are also on Rage and Pageant as well as the Facebook and Twitter page. So go check those out. I'll be writing an article for both sites every week. And follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, soundcloud.com slash Rage and Cajun Army. And I hope to see you guys at Cajun Field on Saturday. Jerry, any final words before we get out of here? That's it, man. Look, football season's underway. You know, we've had a few episodes talking about leading up to the season and what the expectations are and what what the team looks like. And again, from what I saw on Saturday, I'm I'm pretty excited to see what this team can do. And it's only the beginning. And 